Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, uh, it's been a while since we've both been in the same studio. In fact, we're in a new studio. That's right. It's been a while because you've been traveling and I've been traveling, and we've had a couple of things happen, illness, and uh, you got sick, and then I got sick, and so we've now we're back in studio and again. And I've been all over the country, and you've been all over the country, and... You know, now we're back in, in a brand new studio, and I, I, I love the acoustics of this room. It's so quiet in here, and it's so comfortable, and the air conditioning works, and this, Shale Studios is, I mean, we've, we've arrived, Kim. This is a much nicer <laughs> studio, I agree. We're, we're stepping up our game. <laughs> hey, a couple of things before we get to, uh, to David Blackman. Latest issue. I'm so excited. You know, we've had a partnership in place since we actually began Shell Magazine Steer, and it always has been a goal of mine to put them on the cover. Um, and it has always been um, Omar Garcia, like, wait, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. And finally, he agreed to get on our cover, him and his team. And, you know, there's a lot of case history now that, that he has of wins and, and, and just really, because they were a fairly new organization, too, under five years old. So it was a real honor for us to bring to our readers and our listeners, a, a different type of organization, oil and gas organization. And um, it's beautifully written by, of course, David Blackman. And, um, you know, this group really knows how to do what they do very well. And, and that is talk to the media, advocate on behalf of the oil and gas industry, and also advocate on behalf of the community. It's a great fit. Great well, model. And, and you, you will never, ever meet a finer bunch of people than, than the folks that work for Steer. I couldn't agree with you more. We've had such a pleasure having a partnership and friendship with them over the years. And uh, it makes me feel good to be able to tell their story um, in a way that I think that we probably are the only ones who who probably could. Because I think sometimes um, all the work that they do doesn't really get um, noticed. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we were able to capture this organization, its leader, and its uh you know, employees, its its team is just dynamic. So awesome. You know, and, and one of the things that that I've noticed about uh, steer functions is everybody that works for steer likes working with each other. It's just such a great organization, and and it's going to be a great story. So you can check that out online at shalemag.com. That's shale s h a l e mag m a g dot com, and read about our friends at Steer. Kim, the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. We are still going and growing. Um, we are prepping for next year. Of course, we'll have uh, an energy day as well. Um, we're looking forward to participating with the Consumer Energy Alliance out there in uh, Houston for their uh, energy day here in October. Um, and so we we are uh, active. Um, if we anybody wants to join a, a group of advocates that uh, care about uh, energy, oil and gas specifically, I'm encouraging them to come and join. Go to Shell Mag, click on Teak, and uh, sign up and join. It's free to join. Uh, we do hold different events throughout the year, and we're looking to grow our membership. 
Well, it's time now, Kim, to catch up with our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shale Mag, um, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, David. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch again this week. Lots to talk about pertaining to oil and gas. Absolutely. There always is. Well, I want to begin with talking a little bit about we've seen some slowdown in rig count. And uh, are, are we uh, what's going on with that? Are we chicken little disguise falling or what's happening there? <laughs> well, it's it's fallen off a little bit over the last several weeks. Um, if you remember back in June, uh, I started talking about the likelihood that the um, second half of the year was going to be a, a pretty stagnant period of time in terms of the rig count, uh, the level of drilling permits and things like that, because the price was going to stagnate, you know, between 45 and $50 and then. The, all these big corporations had, had put their second half of the year drilling budgets in place. Uh, and, and that's just exactly what's happening. Uh, the rig count was very static through about uh, really towards the end of July. And then over the last five weeks, it's dropped by about 25 total rigs. So we've gone from about 965 to about 940 rigs, which really in the grand scheme of things is essentially treading water. And, and I think that's really what we're going to see the rest of the year because there's, uh, when you really look at all the factors out there that influence the oil price and the gas price, um, it, it, they're all just mitigating towards staying right at the level we're at right now, which is about $50 oil, $49 oil, and $290 to $3.10 natural gas. Uh, OPEC, I think, uh, has realized now that, that their limitation agreement, while it hasn't been a magic elixir to get the price back above $60, it has stabilized the supply and demand situation globally. OPEC can't can really control the price, but they still can influence the price, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> every year the International Energy Agency that's run by the U.N., projects what global oil demand is going to be. And um, this is the third straight year where they have dramatically underestimated the demand for crude oil. Uh, China demand alone growth, uh, China's demand growth this year alone is 600,000 barrels a day over last year. Um, that's double the increase in demand that the IEA predicted at the first of the year. The, the world wants oil. The world wants more oil. The world wants automobiles that run on gasoline. And that's not stopping. That's not slowing down. It's speeding up. And um, I think the IEA and the UN have to grapple with that and stop making silly predictions at the first of the year that are based on wishful thinking and start really, you know, making their predictions based on the realities of the market. And it'll save them a lot of embarrassment down the line. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I want to change gears a little bit because there was uh, over the weekend the uh, false Wall Street Journal uh, reported uh, the Trump, President Trump and Trump administration had decided uh, uh, not to pull out of the Paris Climate Accords. Talk to me about that. What do, what do you think is going on with them? Well, I think with the Wall Street Journal story over the weekend, basically what happened was they forgot what the president said when he announced the U.S. was pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords. When he made that announcement in May, what he said was, look, we're going to pull out, but we're going to look for ways to renegotiate this agreement to make it palatable for the U.S. consumer. He, he's pulling out 
of what Obama agreed to because it's damaging to our economy, giving billions, tens of hundreds of billions of dollars away to, to other countries that, that we, you know, in the U.S. don't need to be doing, killing, killing job growth in the United States. But he said at the time that, that his administration would look for ways to renegotiate that deal, and if you could come to some agreement with these other countries that are parties to, to that agreement, then he might find a way to stay in it. Well, the Wall Street Journal found a statement made by some, you know, uh, uh, minister at the UN, some higher up, who said that yes, the United States is negotiating, trying to negotiate new terms with the Paris Climate Accords. And the journal reported that as if that was something new. That's not something new. Well, and you wonder if it's not created by design to create that confusion because um, obviously it, it puts and places doubt in our, uh, in our president. However, you know, we here at, uh, in the oil patch covered this a lot of how damaging the uh, Paris Climate Accord Agreement was under the Obama administration. And we also did cover that President Trump was not necessarily leaving it because he didn't care about the environment and cared about the planet. It was that bad of a deal. Well, David, that is all the time that we have for this week. And I look forward to having you on next week when we'll cover again energy and oil topics. Our next guest, however, is Jane Gimler, the president of Ingleside Chamber of Commerce. Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Well, I wanted to bring you on because, you know, Ingleside Chamber of Commerce is one of these really small little communities, but it's very, very active in oil and gas. And and you, the reason why I thought it was important to have you on today is because one of the things that I noticed is there's a lot of resources that are being disseminated out in the coastal bin area and surrounding communities, but you've also been responsible for bringing in FEMA and the SBA to talk about services because people really, what they need right now, along with a big check from their insurance company, is they need information. So talk to me a little bit about um, what you guys are, have. how did you manage the storm and what are you currently working on in Ingleside? Well, as soon as the storm has passed, um, I was a part of the EOC uh, with the city of Ingleside. And so I was told to go home on Friday at 10 go board up, come back on Monday. And so Monday we had um, a trailer from the Community of Hope um, start with the first pods of food and, and cleaning supplies and things like that. And we were active for almost 10 days straight and just with the drop-offs for canned foods and diapers and um, cleaning supplies and all those things, plus the National Guard have been here with um, ice and water to give to everyone. We had donations from... Um, ice chest to um, we had chainsaws and all the things that you needed to clean up your yard and, and to be able to have all that from all around from uh, the Rio Grande Valley from all North Carolina from just all over it was it was incredible to see all that we were we were servicing around 22 to 2300 cars per day we sort of did it like a drive through um, in front of Bay Vista um, shopping center here in Ingleside and it was just amazing. The people that came to, to prepare food for everyone, it just our community was working really hard to, to try to service these people. Um, FEMA did come in last Monday, and they set up shop with the SBA um, and the Coastal Bend Regional uh, Recovery Disaster Center, also all in the Bay Vista Shopping Center. So they are here. We're trying to promote 
that if you did not have windstorm that you have to register through FEMA. Um, if you don't qualify for FEMA, then you go right next to the same office and there's at the SBA. Um, we are trying to get the word out to get everybody registered before October 26 is the deadline. Well, Jane, thank you for uh, allowing us to speak to you for a few minutes. I know you guys are doing some really good things. Keep up the good work. And I look to have you back on the show here in the near future to kind of give us an update on how is the coastal bin area recovering um, since you seem to have your finger on the pulse out there. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And thanks for all the support. And if anybody wants more information on FEMA or if they are looking for information, um, I guess they can contact you through the Ingleside Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. Sure can. It's uh, IngleSideTXChamber.com. Well, Jane, thank you for being a guest on today's show and bringing us some much-needed information. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back. Young Women Energized is a free one-night annual event on October 10th for high school girls to learn more about energy and STEM careers and prepare for college. We have programs designed specifically for freshmen, sophomores, junior, seniors, parents, counselors, and educators. We have hands-on exhibits, mentoring tables from companies like BP, Baker Hughes GE, Chenier, and many more. Registration will be live August 25th, and we are currently accepting Women's Energy Network College Scholarship applications through September 25th. Feel free to contact us at H-O-U-Y-W-E at womensenergynetwork.org, or you can find more details at womensenergynetwork.org forward slash Houston and community initiatives. You can follow YWE directly at YWE Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. For more information, go to shellmag.com and click on the Women's Energy Network banner ad. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is attorney Marco Flores, who focuses in on homeowner and property taxes rights in lieu of Hurricane Harvey. Marco, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to having a conversation with you and your audience. Well, you know, I felt it was very important to ask you to come on the show uh, due to there's so many uh, questions and confusion right now uh, past Hurricane Harvey. A lot of them, you know, there's, there's, there's two areas, Marco, that have been affected. Uh, one, most importantly, is uh, the uh, coastline, uh, Rockport, Port A, and then, of course, uh, Houston. Uh, and they're dealing with two different types of issues. One is flood and one is uh, wind. But before we get started on, on breaking down these topics, tell me a little bit about um, your practice. Where do you work? Um, and of course, we know that you're an expert in this area, but I'd like our listeners to know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, I this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart as it is to yours, I'm sure, because you're from the Houston area. I grew up down in the Corpus Christi area, so a lot of our friends and family are affected by the storms that came in. Uh, I, I launched a law firm about six months ago uh, to focus on representing homeowners and property owners who were having any issues uh, trying to get their property repaired and, uh, and, and adjusted by insurance companies. I've been doing that work for several years before as well, but I finally went out on my own to uh, focus on representing these people. And, you know, I have to tell you, that's a very important area because you don't find a lot of legal advice and attorneys that are really focusing on this area specifically. And as of lately, we've had a lot of disasters 
that are focusing around insurance and insurance claims. And so there's a greater need and a greater awareness. How does my insurance, you know, I know you get your declaration paper and you get all of your insurance papers, but most of us don't take the time to read every single exclusion and what is our right until you need it. And there's a lot of people right now in Texas and in Florida that need it, <laughs> that need to know how to interpret this. You're right. They A lot of people don't find out what they have until they actually need the insurance. And so my hope is that people take the initiative and start to educate themselves more on what policies they're signing up for. I also ask the insurance companies and agents to be properly trained and to help educate people on what they're selling so that both people put a little more effort into this process. And so there's less surprises down the road when people find out that they didn't have coverage for something they thought they had coverage for, or it was an extremely limited coverage. Correct. Now, I want to just go over what we're going to cover in this show, because it's an important show. We're going to cover all the different areas like FEMA and WIND and homeowners policy and how they intertwine together and the levees that, that happened in Houston when they opened up the levees if your house was flooded. We're also, though, going to cover, you know, what can you do further on in the, the show if this affected you in some way and, and areas that you can uh, look at to try to help your specific situation. So we're going to cover a lot in this show. So let's get started with talking about first FEMA. What is FEMA and how are, what is it designed to do for us? Okay, so FEMA stands for the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and this is an agency of the United States Department of Homeland Security, okay? And so FEMA was created as a way to provide insurance coverage for people who need flood insurance. Uh, Something happened to where a lot of private insurance companies decided they didn't want to provide uh, flood insurance, and so it was left to the federal government to kind of fill in the gap there. So when people buy flood insurance, they still buy it through their insurance broker, but the FEMA coverage is administered by the federal government and they make the decision. Got it. And and there are also, um, there's some emergency trailers that, that, you know, I remember back when we had Katrina in Louisiana, they were helping people who had nowhere to go. Will we see a repeat of that? Is FEMA still responsible or in some way assisting uh, the population for helping them get... Um, some type of temporary living expenses if their home is just not uh, livable? Again, this is going to be determined case by case by your individual insurance policy. There's something inside of people's insurance policy that says ALE. ALE stands for additional living expenses. So when people find themselves in a situation where they their home becomes uninhabitable, then usually that will trigger additional living expenses so they can go to a hotel or if a trailer is needed or some sort of additional living situation is needed, your insurance company will pay for it. But you have to make sure that those benefits are included in your policy for them to be triggered. And the key word there is going to be uninhabitable. Your insurance adjuster has to define your living situation as uninhabitable before these additional living expenses kick in. Okay. So in the case where... Um, you're finding mold in your home. It might might not be uh, livable. This might apply to to a person currently right now. I want to talk a little bit about um, homeowners uh, policy because um, in Houston, um, and we'll get into flood damages. So uh, in Houston right now, Houston was underwater, flooded. 
uh, Beltway 8, a lot of uh, their, their, their toll road was, was underwater, and um, the mayor, in, uh, in his wisdom, believed that it was proper for uh, the city of Houston to release uh, some of the uh, dams and uh, open the levees uh, to be able to um, uh, remove some of the water and pump it out of Houston. And uh, when they did that, um, they ultimately wound up uh, flooding a lot of uh, the homes in the Houston area. Um, And so um, some people um, maybe had flood insurance, some did not. So I want to talk a little bit about what happens if this affects you and what happens if uh, you didn't have flood insurance. What can they do and where is the assistance? So before we get into this very complicated uh, topic, I do have to take a quick break. But when we return, we'll talk about flood insurance in the Houston area. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Managers, bosses, supervisors. Hey, flu season is here. Don't let the flu bug bite your employees. Banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions. Your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 866-334-2485. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is attorney Marco Flores. Today, we're discussing FEMA... Texas Wind, uh, Texas homeowners, or if you have homeowners insurance, and if you have been affected by Hurricane Harvey, this is a show that you definitely want to listen to. Marco, before the break, we were talking about the flooding that occurred in Houston um, due to uh, Houston releasing uh, their dams and opening their levees and uh, caused flooding throughout uh, the the city of Houston. Talk to me a little bit about um, if this is uh, if you this is you a listener and it's affected you in this way and you didn't have flood insurance. What can someone do? Or talk to me about uh, options for these individuals. Okay, yeah, there is a lot to cover here. So, well, what I will start off by saying is you don't need to have flood insurance to bring a cause of action against the city for inverse condemnation. Uh, Inverse condemnation is when the city makes a decision that ends up taking public property for public use. 
And the way it worked out in Houston was I, I think the officials there said due to Hurricane Harvey, they felt like these controlled water releases of the dams were necessary to protect the integrity of the attics and Barker dams from catastrophic damage that may occur in the event of an uncontrolled release. So they were trying to basically do more, more good than harm, but it did end up damaging some people's property. And those situations, those people are potentially going to have a cause of action for inverse condemnation. Uh, the way that works is, like I said before, the government takes land for public use, um, but if they cause damage to your property due to that release, then they're going to be obligated to repair that property for you, and that's going to that's not going to matter whether you have flood insurance or not. Now, if you were already flooded before that, you know that that you're going to have an issue. But if the if the city caused the flooding, then you may have a cause of action for inverse condemnation to try to repair your property, whether you have flood insurance or not. So there is recourse. So, and, and that's an interesting topic because many people get confused with not necessarily thinking that they need flood insurance. And so they don't look to purchase it. And, and can you even purchase flood insurance? Because there's a difference between um, how an insurance company looks at covering if you have a flooding within your home. And, and what I mean by that, uh, Marco, and walk us through this is, so if you have uh, water coming in through your roof is, is different how insurance looks at it as opposed to if you have a, uh, a water heater that breaks and is leaking and floods your home and causes damage in that way. So walk me through the two differences for people to understand and think about flood insurance and what it means to you. Right. So I actually published a, uh, an article on LinkedIn that address this very specific issue, and I'm going to forward it to you, Kim, to send to your to your viewers. But the general rule is if you're inside your home and you have to look up to see the water coming into your house, that water damage is very likely going to be covered. Again, you still have to review your individual policies, but that's the general rule. If you have to look down to see the water coming into your home from underneath the door or those areas, that's usually going to be a flood type of situation and will only be covered if you have flood insurance. And those are kind of, that's the general rule for, for figuring out if it's going to be covered or not. So you can purchase flood insurance independently. I, I wasn't sure if you could or you could not. I've heard it from different people. Well, you can't buy flood insurance if you don't live in a flood zone. And then I've heard from other people, well, you do need flood insurance because what if your water pipe or a water pipe breaks within your foundation and it floods your entire home and it ruins your hardwood floors and it buckles all of your tile uh, and the grout in your tile. So uh, that is a very expensive job to replace your foundation stuff. So Right. Let, let me jump in real quick just to say that your mortgage company will usually require you to have flood insurance if you live in a certain type of floodplain or area. But even if you're outside those floodplains, you can still purchase flood insurance. Uh, and again, that's through FEMA but it's also through your insurance broker who actually arranges the purchase of the policy. Okay. So if your homeowner's policy didn't have, if you didn't have flood insurance within your home homeowner's policy and uh, you lived in Houston and your house flooded because of the release of the water in Houston, then you definitely should be considering what are some of your options at this point in time. The other area that I wanted to get into is, is so, you know, you got Houston with flooding going on, but, you know, we also uh, endured uh, on our beautiful coastline, uh, beautiful Rockport, Texas, and, uh, and their area also uh, had to endure 
Hurricane Harvey, and they had a little bit of a different uh, problem. There was some flooding going on in that area as well, but they endured a lot more of the 120-mile-an-hour winds going through uh, that little town and surrounding towns, and it caused different types of damages. So when we get back, I want to talk about the windstorm, Texas windstorm, and, and how does that work with us uh, or anyone that has a, an, as you can tell, it affected me as well. So I'm saying, how does that affect us? Uh, but we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today, Marco Flores, is a an attorney that specializes in homeowners and property tax rights. And today we're discussing post-Hurricane Harvey and if it affected you um, or a loved one that you know, this is information that you definitely need to know. Marco, uh, before we move on to wind, I want to go back to FEMA because there is, uh, FEMA is right now going around, uh, mostly in the Coastal Bend area. There's some set up in Houston too to talk about options for obviously homeowners that have been affected by Harvey. But there's also a discussion about uh, SBA loans and if you didn't have insurance. So walk me through what is all of that about and how does a person utilize that? And is it uh, options for them uh, that, that they can use? Well, the people who find themselves basically without flood coverage and, and all they have is flood damage to their home, they have a few options. Uh, because it affects a lot of people. I mean, after all, I think only 15% of people in Houston had flood insurance. So there is a huge gap of people who just didn't have it for whatever reason. And so if they're if they don't have flood coverage, then what FEMA does is they try, try to direct people to the SBA because the SBA sets up loans for people to have access to to try to fix their homes. And you'd rather not be in this situation, but they're, they're just trying to give people outlets for fixing their homes. And so sometimes you end up going to the SBA and going through the process to get a loan to fix your home. There's also something called community development block grants. 
And so this is money set aside by the federal government, basically almost like a rainy day fund. And a lot of communities in the country, like when Superstorm Sandy hit the New Jersey area, a lot of this money from the community development block grants was what saved a lot of these neighborhoods and allowed these cities to be rebuilt. So that's another source of funding uh, that the federal government is, you know, very careful about how it's administered, but it is additional funding that they try to give neighborhoods who just don't have any other way to be rebuilt. Now, who applies for the block grants? Is it a person or is it a community? Well, again, I would first contact your insurance uh, broker to let them know the situation. They'll let you know what you have coverage for and what you don't. But honestly, people need to take it, take control of the situation, get online, read about the community development block grants, and educate themselves to see who is the person they contact for their specific region and area, because it's going to be different. And I would just tell people to take control of the situation, educate yourself, read about it. All this information is available online. Okay, now I want to move on um, to a little bit more serious of a topic. Um, My understanding is um, there's, there's unfortunately some folks that are um, newly homeowners or they've purchased a home within the last one to three years. They purchased their homes at, um, you know, market value, didn't have flood insurance and were flooded uh, in the Houston area, some areas uh, around Cinco Ranch, uh, the Katy area, some of the newer homes, subdivisions. And um, there are people right now, from what I'm understanding, that are unfortunately just walking away from their home uh, as opposed to trying to fix it. I think maybe they feel, I'm not sure, but maybe they feel like there is no hope. Um, They paid, you know, what the market value was. So now they don't have the money to make a, you know, $50,000 in renovations to rebuild their home. And so they're opting to just walk away. Is there any recourse for them? Yes. The the recourse is if if the dam releases damaged your property, then you very likely may be entitled to compensation for the cost to rebuild or repair your home or even your business. And and also sometimes these dam releases uh, may result in toxic or chemical contamination to the waters that seep into these neighborhoods. And that's also something that people need to be compensated for. So there are, you have to find people who specialize in these types of, um, of lawsuits and, and causes of action because, you know, no one should be walking away from their properties because they feel like there's nothing they can do. Again, they're going through an emotional time. And so they may need to just take time to let everything calm down. But once they start educating themselves about the, the information that's out there, they're going to be able to do something to try to pick up the pieces. I'm glad you said that because you are right. You know, there is um, that moment where, you know, you feel it's hopeless. I mean, there is, you know, I'll I'll talk to you about, um, you know, my personal situation. We had a a home, we have a home in Rockport. And um, while we sustained what we believe is, is minor damage compared to some of our neighbors, it is still, Marco, very uh, traumatic. You know, you don't really think about it until you're in it. Um, And it, and it almost appears like, you know, well, we'll rebuild. And, but, you know, you're dealing with, your home is in disarray. You're dealing with the sheetrock is wet. Mold is going to set in. You have no utilities running water. There's no air conditioned mosquitoes the size of uh, these Texas sized mosquitoes, should I say. Um, and you're looking around and everyone is in the same state. It's uh, this state of shock. Uh, and you're seeing businesses that have been around forever completely, you know, just wiped out. 
and uh, it, it's a it's a sickening feeling, um, and it's a helpless feeling that you don't quite know what to do. And I think that there's a lot of us in that situation that are just kind of not sure what to do right now at this moment. Um, and so it's important that they hear that don't act on that emotion and think that it's hopeless. There's there's options for you even if you didn't have flood insurance or even if you uh, if your home was was damaged. Um, and there's always an opportunity to try to repair and save your home um, and and move on from the situation. But, uh, you know, walking away or giving up is just not the right option. When we get back, uh, I do want to get onto the windstorm because uh, it's affecting our uh, amazing uh, neighbors in the coastal bend area. So I want to talk on Texas windstorm. You are listening to In the Oil Patch radio show, and we will be right back. Young Women Energized is a free one-night annual event on October 10th for high school girls to learn more about energy and STEM careers and prepare for college. You can follow YWE directly at YWE Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. For more information, go to shellmag.com and click on the Women's Energy Network banner ad. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Marco Flores, practicing attorney, specializing in homeowner and property owner rights pertaining to homeowner's insurance. And uh, Marco, before the break, we had a long discussion on flood insurance, FEMA, what if that's affecting you? But we also need to talk about Texas wind insurance and uh, if this is applying uh, to you as far as if your home has been affected by windstorm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the Texas uh, windstorm insurance and, and um, how do you utilize that insurance? Okay, well, Texas Windstorm Insurance Association, also referred to as TWIA, it's not a state agency. It's a residual market property insurance company, and it was created back in 1971 by the legislature to provide wind and hail insurance to the areas down there, you know, on the coast, basically. And so what happened was some of the private insurance companies were pulling out of that area and saying, we're not going to offer any more wind coverage because we, frankly, either can't afford it or it's too expensive and people aren't buying it. So as they started leaving the market, uh, the legislature created TWIA to provide coverage to these people. So a lot of people in that area, they have an option. Sometimes private in- insurers will still provide wind and hail coverage down the coast. and But if they don't or can't, then people will have access to TWIA, and it's a separate policy you buy, almost like an endorsement to your standard homeowner's policies. And there's a couple of requirements you need uh, to have access to a TWIA policy. So I'm just going to go through a couple of them really quickly. Uh, applicants must have been denied coverage by at least one insurer in the private market. Uh, properties must be located in the designated catastrophe area, which is the area down the coastline we talked about. Uh, properties must be certified to certain building codes and located in specific flood zones that were constructed and, and remodeled based on certain dates. Uh, and they must be in insurable condition. So those are kind of the requirements for people to qualify for a TUIA policy who live in the sea coastal areas. FEMA it only handles the, the flooding issues uh, regarding these storms. TWIA is a, a 
market property insurance company. So technically it's it's not a government agency. Okay, so TWIA is not a government agency, but FEMA is. I've had some clients, potential clients call me and ask questions. <clears throat> and they said, well, I live in Port Aransas and I have a homeowner's policy and I just assumed it would have coverage for wind. And they're being told that they don't have any wind coverage and the policy controls usually. So uh, they didn't they didn't apply for TWIA or they weren't explained that they didn't have wind, wind coverage. And so they, they don't have coverage for their roof that got totally blown off their home. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, amazed me is, so we're, our home is on the water and it, it's just automatically a given. We must maintain, not just our homeowners, we must maintain our windstorm and we must maintain our flood insurance. That is mandatory. We have three different insurances. Yes, it is more expensive to live on, uh, on a waterfront, hands down. But if you're anywhere in the coastal bend area, you're still subjectable to these high winds when a hurricane comes through. So I would have just imagined or assumed that this was a mandatory thing like it is with us, but obviously it's not, and, and that's a shame. But the other thing that I wanted to mention quickly is the reports that we're hearing that our insurance adjusters here in the Texas area are leaving to go to Florida because they're getting paid so much more money than here. And so what's happening to the homeowners that are applying for a claim and they're not getting their adjuster out there in any reasonable time? Is there any uh, legal maneuvers or means that a homeowner can use to uh, enforce, if you will, or help this insurance agency address their problem instead of waiting for Uh, for them to finish with Florida and then coming back to Texas? Well, when someone files a claim, there are certain deadlines that are triggered under the Texas Insurance Code that insurance companies need to follow. Now, they can be adjusted a little bit when there is a catastrophic type of event to extend some of those deadlines, but the insurance companies still have to behave and adjust claims in accordance with the Texas Insurance Code. And that's kind of what keeps them honest and make sure they're not ignoring these people uh, and, and doing the best to get out there. At the same time, it's a big event, and I would sense that some of these insurance companies are being stretched thin to deal with all these claims. But it's going to be up to the homeowner to stay on their insurance company, to stay on the phone with their adjusters, and not to just make the phone call and never follow up with them. So I would, as a homeowner and property owner, I would just follow up with my insurance company and say, look, what do you need from me? I need you to adjust this claim. I need to have my property repaired. What do you need from me? And to stay on the phone with these people. Very good. Marco, anyone listening uh, today on our show, how can they reach you if they find themselves in a situation they need help and advice? Sure. Well, my email is mflores at stormlex.com. Our website is www.stormlex.com. And there you'll see my bio and our team's bio and how we focus on representing homeowners. But again, we are happy to act as a resource of information for anybody, whether they just have questions about their own specific situation, if they have questions about policies, if they need to know what they're signing up for. We, Our mission is to educate and empower our clients and potential clients so that they know what they're getting into when they buy policies and when they're trying to adjust a claim because it can be quite an obstacle course just maneuvering through this insurance claims process. Uh, you know, these policies are hard to understand. Even insurance adjusters will tell you they're difficult to understand. So we just want to make sure people are properly informed so they can make the right decision. Uh, our number is is 210-361-0070 if anyone calls in and has any questions. But again, uh, thank you for, you know, for the time. Well, 
we find this topic, of course, to be so important. There are so many Texans that have been affected by this. So on our website as well, if they go to shellmag.com, we will create a special banner that's going to link directly to you guys to help get information to any individual that's been affected through flood or through the wind, through Hurricane Harvey. Click on that banner. It'll take you straight to uh, your information, and there they can get information. They can also email us at radio at shellmag.com. If they need a question, we'll forward it on. Okay, my heart goes out to uh, both of our communities there in Houston and the Corpus Christi area as people rebuild, and we wish them the best, and they're in our prayers. Well, Marco, obviously uh, information is desperately needed in this area right now on things that we can do uh, to help protect ourselves and our property. And I want to thank you for being a guest on our show today, and congratulations, because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, a Brazilian steakhouse. And today's trivia question is... What is the name of the major catastrophe that Marco Flores and I talked about on today's show? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the Brazilian steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Hey, be sure to like us on Facebook. That's Facebook dot com slash in the oil patch radio show well that's going to wrap up another great show until next week when we have more exciting news and insightful interviews we'll see you then adios in the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas business and in your community every week our host kim Bellotto, along with me alvin bailey will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry you'll hear from industry experts elected officials and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.